Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on Tuesday, the 20th of December, 2022. A winter storm coming. We are hearing a lot about it. Ryan Martin, chief meteorologist, will have his updated look at what may happen. The Hat Morning Podcast, brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Visit them online at ffbt.com. Coming up in the news, Eric Pfeiffer reports on Kendall Culp and another term as Indiana Farm Bureau Vice President. And what is Pivot Bio? An update from C.J. Miller. The markets yesterday sold off. We have analysis with John Zanker on the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Colt re-elected at Indiana Farm Bureau and corn seed that comes with the nitrogen you need. I'm Eric Pfeiffer and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Kendall Colt was re-elected as vice president of Indiana Farm Bureau on Saturday at their annual convention. Colt will serve another three-year term in the role. Concern was raised about Colt's position with Farm Bureau while also being an Indiana state representative for District 16. He told Hoosier Ag Today that he just wants to do what's right by his constituents and the Farm Bureau membership, of which there are 5,500 of those that overlap. We looked at if there were any conflicts. As you know, the vice president, by, by role, is uh, in charge of our political action committee. Obviously, I stepped away from that, and the president appointed someone else to do that. So since I stepped away from the political side of it, I did pick up our industry relations side, an area in Farm Bureau that we really were a little bit lax in. And so now I lead those industry relations efforts. So we've had a lot of meeting with our industry partners, with agribusinesses around the state, because we want to make the tent bigger. And there's just so few of us in agriculture today. It's really important that we all work together, and I think that is even uh, something that's really important that I will continue to do as we move forward as vice president. I asked Culp what will happen if and when he's faced with a vote in the House that opposes what's in the Farm Bureau policy book. I've thought a lot about that, and again, back to my district, which made, is made up of a lot of agricultural leaders. I'm going to look at that issue, and I'm going to talk to my constituents in my district, and I'm going to get their input, and I'm going to look and see what our Farm Bureau members, what they support and what they believe is correct. And then hopefully I can I can be the facilitator of that discussion because, you know, a lot of times there's additional information that comes in that maybe not everybody's aware of. Maybe, maybe there is an opportunity to collaborate and to reach a compromise on an issue that we didn't really see before. So I, I take that role very seriously and very personally, and I hope to be the facilitator if that issue does arise. Culp says he's humbled to be reelected and is looking forward to continued work with Farm Bureau's engaged and passionate members that are as excited about advocacy 
as he is. Here's your holiday reminder that it's just about time to put out the milk and cookies for my big night. Ho, ho, ho! That's right. Just take a picture of the milk and cookies that you leave out for Santa and post it to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the hashtag SantaDrinksMilk. Use all your social media and be sure you tag at INDairy along with hashtag SantaDrinksMilk. Now let's see those pics with hashtag SantaDrinksMilk. Ho, ho, ho! Saving you time and money and helping you get the most out of your fertilizer. That's why one company has developed a corn seed with the nitrogen you need already on it. C.J. Miller has the details. So this is the first time anyone has ever put nitrogen on seed before planting. And that's Clayton Nevis, agronomy scientist with Pivot Bio, talking about their new product called Proven 40 on Seed. This is a more reliable, efficient form of nitrogen. So we know our nitrogen is right on the roots of the plant, and, and we're storing nitrogen in the plant and not in the soil. So Unlike other forms of nitrogen that uh, leach into waterways or volatilize into the air, our nitrogen is right there on the roots and makes it into the plant uh, over the course of the growing season. The agronomist at Pivot Bio recently tested their new Proven 40 on seed product at more than 2,100 farm fields across the U.S. So at each of these fields, we had the grower apply Pivot Bio Proven 40 and replace up to 40 pounds of synthetic nitrogen. Then we left a check strip in that field uh, with the full standard nitrogen measure measurement practice. When we use Pivot Bio Proven 40 and we replace synthetic nitrogen, on average across all the different environments, we had 12% more biomass and 14% more nitrogen in the plant compared to the grower standard practice. So we're seeing bigger, healthier, greener plants when using Pivot Bio Proven 40. Clayton says it's a win-win for farmers because the on-seed nitrogen isn't just more effective, it's also a huge saver of your time and money. Because it doesn't require any special equipment to use, um, and it could be potentially saving a pass in the field as well. For more information about Pivot Bio's new Proven 40 on-seed product, visit pivotbio.com. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We have winter storm watches out already in parts of the state because the storm that's coming in late this week has been talked about quite a bit so far. Look, it's probably still a little bit early to try and zero in on things too much as what happens is really going to come down to the track of low pressure as it works its way across our region here. And currently, with the way the models are looking at data and kind of flip-flopping back and forth, I would say that the track of this low currently is being pushed by a drunk driver. We're seeing it whipsaw all over the place. But let's talk about what we know. 
We know the next couple of days are going to be dry here across the Hoosier State. Today and tomorrow, I don't expect any precipitation of any kind. Now, we may have trouble breaking up the clouds completely across the region. I'm still hopeful, keeping fingers crossed for at least a mix of clouds and sunshine, but clouds can be pretty thick in this cold air mass pretty easily. Temperatures may try and moderate just a little bit tomorrow. Clouds thicken up late tomorrow, and then overnight tomorrow night into Thursday, we see our first waves of moisture pushing into the Hoosier State, starting in the south and then lifting northward. I think the initial waves are going to be mostly rain and sloppy wet snowflakes. Nothing that really accumulates that much. We're going to be just in that temperature zone. We see winds ramp up as we hit Thursday night and the frontal boundary shows up Thursday night. Snow is in the forecast for the overnight Thursday night through a large chunk of Friday and through the first half of a Saturday. Now totals again way out there in terms of how we could see things come together. I'm going to cast a large range right now for the state. We're looking at maybe just a few inches, three or less, down in southern tier counties of the state. And in the northern areas, especially as you interact with Lake Michigan, we could be easily 12, 14, or maybe even a little bit more. So that's a wide range. Clearly, the northern half of the state is going to be much more in the snow zone than the south. But at this point, I don't think it matters whether you're at the low end of your local range or at the high end because winds are going to be very, very fierce Thursday night through Friday in the first half of Saturday. I'm looking for sustained winds 20 to 40 miles an hour, gusts to about 55. So even if it's light snow, it's going to blow something fierce, blowing, drifting, poor visibilities. The roads are going to be slick because of the blowing snow. So just keep that in mind. I don't think this is an event that we put as much of an impetus on the snow totals. And we have to look at this as the snow system itself or the storm itself. These gusty winds are nasty. Low wind chills a part of this as well. We see the precipitation winding down early to midday on Saturday. Clouds holding through the rest of the day. Lake effect will be in here through uh, the rest of Saturday and Sunday. That's in northern tier counties, the typical lake effect snow areas. But you know what? We only take a little bit of a break before we're looking at another secondary weather system, a clipper-like system that tries to move through here the first part of next week. Monday afternoon, Tuesday, scattered snow showers may only give us an inch or two but still it is a snow cold air holds through wednesday and then all of a sudden we see temperatures moderate for next thursday into friday so we could see some sloppiness and snow melt trying to happen in there as well as temperatures moderate at least briefly now we see a longer term moderating push out into the plains i'm not sure whether it overcomes canadian high pressure that tries to dive down here closer to the new year that's a look at your forecast update i'm meteorologist ryan martin Negative tone in the grain and oil seed markets to open up the new week leading up to Christmas. This is Who's Your Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Monday Farm Market Review. It's brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. The year is ending, but savings aren't. Save 9% until January 10th and bundle seed and herbicide to save more. SeedGeneticsDirect.com. Corn, soybeans, and wheat all lower. We have settlements coming up, but first, market analysis. And for that, I checked in Monday at the end of trade with John Zanker, Risk Management Commodities. John, a sell-off and a stout one in soybeans, also a nickel and better lower in the corn market. So we had some pressure to start the week. South American weather, beneficial down there as a part of that. What else is impacting markets? Well, we've, we've, we've dealt with China and South American weather here for the last few weeks, and sometimes it's been supportive and sometimes it hasn't been, and this is one of those hasn't been times. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're trying to open things up in China. 
but uh, the numbers keep climbing as far as COVID case, uh, cases. And I read t- today that um, some are estimating that maybe a million Chinese will die uh, with a massive reopening of the economy. And, you know, whether they're willing to uh, deal with that or not remains to be seen. So we haven't heard the last of that story, Andy. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be remaining front and center here for the next several weeks. As far as the South American weather, it does appear that the maps have cooled down and gotten a little wetter for uh, not only Argentina, but the far southern state of Rio Grande do Sul, which is still a major uh, producing area for Brazil. So, uh, you know, over 90% of Brazil's looking excellent so far. And, you know, we're still on track down there, as I stated uh, at the farm show, uh, 5.6 billion bushel crop which would beat this year's Brazilian crop by a billion bushel. Uh, and it compares with a 4.325 billion bushel crop here at home. So uh, just some scary numbers potentially brewing in Brazil. And if Argentina doesn't have any trouble, Andy, I, I'm not uh, very encouraged about where prices could be heading as we head into the winter months. What about export inspections out Monday? Inspections from last week in the new Monday report. Good, bad, somewhere in the middle? Well, corn uh, bounced back nicely. And when I say bounce back, uh, bounce back from, I don't know when the last good number was, sometime in the summer, maybe. Uh, 29.3, that beat the five-week average uh, by 10.5 million. So uh, the best, best week in a while, hopefully a sign of things to come. Unlike soybeans, we don't see the best exports for corn in the fall. So uh, not a shocking trend, but we're way behind where we need to be. And uh, that's after the USDA lowered its projection by 75 million uh, last week. So soybeans, uh, 59.5 million, a decent number. but the uh, 10-week average is at 79.4, and uh, a year ago, 70.1. So it just, you know, I wouldn't call that number supportive. Uh, I don't think the trade did either because we certainly didn't bounce when that number was released. Wheat 11.2 versus 9.6 on the 10-week average, so still disappointing wheat exports. And one thing, uh, Milo, we've seen some good exports over the past two to three years at times to the Chinese. Uh They've really uh, fallen out of the Milo market. So that's more bushels of uh, Milo that are staying around to compete with uh, corn feed here in the United States. It is the week leading up to Christmas, which is on Sunday. Markets will be closed Monday, the day after. What should we expect during the rest of this week? Quiet trade? Well, I think so. That's typically what we would see. Um if, if there's more clarity in that Brazilian forecast, Argentine forecast, if it shifts heavily towards cooler and wetter, I think we could see some additional downside this week on, on soybean futures, Andy. I, I think that uh, the fund position is too large, given the fundamentals, if that Brazilian crop is, is uh, anywhere close to what's currently projected. So uh, corn, uh, we just don't have many good things going on for us with corn. And... Uh, you know, tight farmer holding corn and soybeans. Um, that's been a factor, but that will start to slip away once the calendar turns to 2023 and the tax implications go away. What about U.S. weather and the possibility of a pretty hefty winter storm? 
Might that have an impact on either the grains and oil seeds and or the meat markets? You know, basis is probably something that's going to be impacted more than futures. Um, we we did see crude oil pop up a little bit today. That was probably supportive. I think if crude would have been down, we could have seen corn down seven, eight, nine cents instead of five to six. So I think there was some support there. The dollar was sharply weaker. We probably had some support there. Weather-wise, uh, it looks ugly, but it's not going to last long. And uh, I think that, again, there's going to be some shortages at ethanol plants and soybean plants, and we might see some basis activity. But I don't think it'll have a big impact on the board. John Zanker there, Risk Management Commodities in Lafayette, Indiana. Get them at 866-837-9027. Now the Monday settlements, five and three quarters off on March corn, dipping to 647 and a quarter. May goes to six. 648 and nickel and a half lower. January beans off 19 and a quarter, 1460 and three quarters. March goes down to 1463 and a half, a loss of 20 and a quarter, and even nickel lower, March wheat, 748 and a half. Livestock was quiet and mixed mostly with February live cattle, 156.05, up 27, and February lean hogs, 85.70, down 7. I'm Andy Eubank with the Monday Market Review. This is Hoosier Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible.